Hello, 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 hello. It's good to see you. Say hello. Welcome to the Husky Hockey Podcast, your number one resource for all things Husky Hockey related. We got some captains to announce. We got some freshmen to talk about, prognosticate about. Prognosticate, is that the word? I don't even know if that's the word. It is now. But we're going to get, <laughs> it is now. That's the important thing. We're uh, we're going to get it all started here. Uh, thank you for joining us. I'm Weldy, sitting here with Andrew. And uh, I don't know if you can believe it, but we got we got less than a month uh, before, before puck drop. I certainly don't believe it. Um as we were mentioning in, in the green room, so to speak, uh, I'm still a baseball mindset right now. I got to shift over to hockey. It's we're, it's going to be a, a quick but kind of sudden shift, I think. But I'm one I'm looking forward to. Well, well, well. I mean, you're going from Twins meltdowns to uh, hopefully Husky victories. I mean, if that's uh, well, we are talking. We are uh, talking about a Minnesota sports team that's not Minnesota Duluth. <laughs> so the meltdown, the meltdown part <laughs> is, is probably more, more likely. But uh, no, trying to stay positive. But Minnesota Duluth and their finish fourth or fifth in the NCHC and make the Frozen Four. Um, where is it this year again? Is it in Tampa? I think you're again? right. See, that's how far, that's how out of the game I am. I, I'm usually right. So I'm usually much sharper on, on that. You can, I could tell you, I, I think the, uh, Lindenwood has a, a regional in 2025. I could tell you that. Um, but, uh, I think you're right that <laughs> Tampa does have next year's frozen four. We're going to go with it. We're going to go with but, it anyway. If it's not in Tampa, it should be from all accounts. Um, everybody loved, uh, when Tampa is able to host it. So I always like it when it's in those non normal kind of, uh, venues, you know, I think Nashville should be a good host. Uh, Vegas is going to be a host, I believe. So speaking of Nashville, this is how far, you know, how far out of the game I've been when you said Nashville, I, I saw they're doing another Nashville game this year because North Dakota and Penn state did one last year. Yeah, and I'm sure they announced this months ago. I just I only found out today that they're doing it again, but they're playing Northeastern and Western Michigan. It's like, did they literally just draw, draw those two teams out of a hat? Because you couldn't be more random as far as I guess you know, no no school that plays D1 hockey is really close to Nashville, so it's not like you can really find a hometown team. But that doesn't strike me as a, a, a great draw situation, but. But hey, maybe maybe it'll be yeah, maybe the, it'll be uh, proven incorrect. Yeah, and that's not uh, not really known for their traveling right. fan base. I mean, at either. least Miami is probably um, like a car ride. That's probably the closest school to Nashville. Uh, you could probably get there in like three, four hours. If you were a if you were a Miami fan, how <laughs> yeah. much would you spend well, to that, go watch that team rub. play? There's the rub. <laughs> That's uh, that, that's the big thing. You a fan of dry rub? I'm not a fan oh, of dry rub. Dry if I'm we getting wings, dry rub wings. I was in I was in the Upper Midwest oh. last week uh, in in the great state of Wisconsin, and and they had something called Wisconsin wings. I don't know if they're trying to brand this as their own, but some dry rub wings, um, which what? Yeah, which I was kind of like I'd rather have the sauced style, 
But the dry rub rings were, were quite good. Yeah. yeah. It's a good change of pace. That we won we won uh, bar oh, trivia oh. that night too. So it was a good night. Oh, there you go. What uh what type of questions did they ask at that bar trivia? Was it, it was, uh, like pop culture the, stuff? Was it history? It, was it, it was the a little mix? bit of everything? The the hook was uh, it was called like DJ trivia. So the hook was every question there was a song that played as people are kind of thinking about the answer. And the song proved to be a, a bit of a hint at times. It, it, it played into the question in some way. Sometimes it was very direct. Sometimes it was very indirect. Like there was a question, probably the one that, that won us the game, was a question about, they showed a picture of a, like a school, like a Mead notebook with some scribbling on it. And they said, this became a best-selling mm-hmm. book. Who was the author? And then the song was, uh, There Goes My Hero by Foo Fighters. And my brother was like, Foo Fighters, Dave Grohl, who's also in Nirvana, Kurt Cobain, after he committed suicide. It was his like, book that he was writing his like, poetry and stuff in. That's how we got it. We would not have gotten it without that song hint. But see, that was kind of the hook. I thought it was an interesting gotcha. way to do it okay. because there was probably a, that is a lot really of the questions. And really yeah, involved. A lot of the questions we wouldn't have gotten if not for those sort of hints. So... We, mm-hmm. we really enjoyed it, and we won, so it was even better. I also think that's, like, one extra step that I normally would think of. Like, like, I, uh, like if they played a Nirvana song, maybe that's just too on the nose. So, yeah, and there was... I mean, granted... Yeah, there was, there was one song, granted, yeah, there you was got one it, that so. was, like, about an Eagles song, and they played... And not, not every question was about music. I mean, I would say... Most of them mm. were not about music, but there was one. It was like, "What album did the did Take It Easy come off of?" And they played another song from that album. So that one really didn't help. But then there would be other ones where there was like, "Where did David Robinson go to college?" And they played a Village People song, "Can't Stop the Music," because they also wrote a song or had a song. Hit one of their hit songs was "In the Navy," and so "Navy" being the the answer there. So kind of be oh, like one okay. and. As we're sort of trying to think these questions out, you're trying to think of the connection. And most times we were able to glom onto it. We only got, I think, two questions wrong the whole night. So it was, it was, a, good, nice. uh, it was a good outing. It was, it was a nice little Wednesday. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I, can, I mean, minus the dry rub, then yeah, I would imagine it would be a, a pretty nice. That's I'm how, always a big fan that's of how we got onto that. Was was the dry rub? Yeah. And then the where's the rub? Yeah. It's, well, it's, see how see how we can go into these little side streets it's just this is why you listen folks yeah this you're welcome to everybody so uh yeah so we'll go ahead and get started we'll start a little more um obviously scsu related um with a couple of news and notes can then go into bigger picture and then national picture um international picture um you know we'll kind of give her a couple cents about the women's worlds going on and the world juniors that just uh, wrapped up um, in a, in the fashion that it did, but uh, yeah, uh, staying close here. Uh, we'll start out with uh, St. Cloud State. Um, first and foremost, captains announced. Now I think it was pretty much set in so that uh, Spencer Meyer was going to be the captain. Um, maybe not set in so, but that was kind of the obvious. Would have been surprising if he wasn't. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but alternates were named. Um, uh, Spalisi was named. 
uh, Micah Miller, and Ayami Cronulla. And I can't remember if I was going with Cronulla or Cronilla. We'll, See, now I, we'll I forgot what my covered. bit was we'll on We'll get them that. both covered. we got a whole, se- whole <laughs> season coming up with him, so you'll hear all kinds of variations on, on that name. <laughs> I've heard it both ways. And none of those, I know so. Spalacy obviously wasn't Miller. None of these guys wore a letter last year, correct? I was almost thinking, did, I don't I think like so. Maybe Miller did, but pretty sure those are all three. Yeah, because it was Fitzgerald, right? He was one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm blanking on who the third one was, but but yeah, no surprise with Meyer and you know n- I'm not surprised with Miller, Cranel and Spalacy a little bit. I mean Spalacy, I'm not sure. I mean he was a guy that was scratched quite often last year. I'm sure he'll get more ice time this year, but I mean a lot of times it's yeah. not necessarily the I, uh, you know the point production or something like that. It's more locker room dynamic yeah. and who the guys kind of you know, good leadership skills gravitate yeah, towards yeah, so. and. And whatnot. So yeah, congrats to all those to all those so, players. And that's where I mean, that's awesome to see. Also, Mike and Miller get that recognition because um, I've always thought, you know, he's he's been a huge fan favorite, um, really since he's started here. Um, uh, I, I would say kind of kind of as the underdog, and um, I think last year had just kind of a breakout season. Um, and he, uh, was able to kind of stay out of the penalty box, which kind of was his big thing, um, uh, in previous years where he kind of get into penalty trouble and, uh, he was able to kind of keep that clean, which, uh, was very surprising to see, very happy to see that. And he was rewarded. Um, I believe Shyak called him uh, a Swiss army knife or a Swiss army player. Um, you know, just kind of the guy that you can plug into any situations, and he was in penalty kill. Um, I would like to see him more on the power play, but, um, you know, you're up by four, you're down by two, you know, closing seconds in a tight game. I was more than comfortable to have Miller out there and happy to he- see him get this recognition. Yeah, maybe one of the reasons that I thought he may have worn, worn a letter in the past was, I think, less so of the maybe the behind-the-scenes aspects as to why these guys might might be voted on captains. Miller is one of those guys that seems to play in an inspiring way, you know, like he's kind of an energy yes. guy that the guy, you know, the other players will feed off of. And so maybe that's sort of that natural. I've labeled him as a more effective Johnny Swanson. Ah, that's, that's a, I think it's a very good guy. <laughs> right. uh, and he's yeah. got that same sort of dynamic. Um, but I even think a little bit, it's more evident, I think on the ice, cause I think he's more of a two way player. Um, and so, yeah, I, uh, you can fact check us if he if he did wear a letter last year. Again, I'm 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 in baseball mode. So uh but not surprising to see him. I mean Cranola uh, the one okay, maybe the one one of the re, one of the things that you'll look forward to with, with guys that are named captains is that these are the designated guys that can talk to the refs during during the game. Mm-hmm. So maybe with Cranola having that as part of his um you know uh assignment now uh maybe that'll try to keep him from taking some dumb penalties uh as yeah. he was was uh, apt to do last year a little too often for my liking uh maybe this uh you know stepped up increased um role just from a leadership standpoint will will make him kind of bear down uh, a little bit more uh and, and same with spalacy you know we that we didn't really 
mention him too much last year just because he didn't have a ton of playing time, and when he did, he largely stayed off the score sheet. But giving getting this extra, uh, you know, leadership role, and he has a guy that I think he has a good face-off guy and stuff like that. He does some intangibles pretty well. You know, maybe this is sort of a, an, an extra motivation uh, for them to uh, to step up their game, and, and I'd love to see it. Yep, exactly, exactly. I looked into our captains last year. If our um, Husky faithful that's listening isn't yeah. uh, yelling at the computer already, which or you know at whatever pod you're catching us on. Uh, but yeah, duh, two defensemen, uh, Donahue and Jaycox, along with Fitzgerald. It was Fisher, Okay. So and yeah, mate. Well, Jaycox, I mean, he, he barely got playing time last year up until the end of the year. Um, so maybe that's, I, I can, I can understand why I forgot about him, but, um, mm-hmm. who was the other guy you said? Uh, oh, yeah, Donahue, Donahue, Jaycox and, um, Fitzgerald. Although I am pulling this on from um, Elite Prospects, and was was Perbix not a captain? Ah, uh, was it Meyer last year? God, am I really blanking out that much? So you're saying, I no Meyer was the captain. That I'm sure of. Okay, so Meyer was. But now that you say it, I'm surprised okay. that Perbix at least was an assistant captain. Man, didn't even have a letter. Yeah. What a bum. Yeah. Good luck, Ta- Tampa. You got a <laughs> handful on your, uh, with you, one of your top prospects. <laughs> you know, he's just not letter worthy, I guess. So, so yeah, then it would have been a really big surprise if uh, Meyer didn't get the captaincy. Then, if, if that's yes, true. that's true. Yeah, we are, we are in yeah, the offseason. No, I don't know why you're still listening to us, frankly. Is, but God, just turn us off. Yes. More, maybe we just go back to talk about dry rub. Maybe that's just we got an ad read later. Maybe that'll hold you over and keep you listening at least. Oh, that's ooh. We, we got, got, new, we got a new, new sponsor, sponsor later in the show. Week. Yeah, I'm excited, excited about oh, this one. Nice. All right. Oh, perfect. Sounds great. So, um, yeah, we we got the captains, uh, but we got a lot of new faces. So you know we can you know run down some of these uh, these players. Um, you know. Kind of first and foremost, um, you know, where do you want to start? Do you want to start forwards? Do you want to start defensemen? Do you want to start goalie? Because we got uh, a smorgasbord of uh, new players. Yeah, maybe go by position. I mean, we've mentioned a lot of these guys, you know, the incoming freshmen, you know, in bits and pieces throughout past episodes. Uh, and, but maybe to just briefly touch on the, uh, you know, by position. I mean, I, I'm looking on the St. Cloud website here. They list 27 guys on this roster. Um, you know, your game roster is what, 22, 23? I think there's some limit. Um, so, yeah. not all 27 of these guys are necessarily going to see the ice. Uh, you know, like uh, Ryan Risebrow. Rosborough? Last year was also listed on the preseason roster, but he was ended up being redshirted. Uh, I think he'll be getting more time. He'll be getting action this year, but there could be a guy that they could, you know, a freshman that they could end up redshirting. 
So don't think that all 27 of these guys that we mentioned are going to be integral parts that you know will be getting playing yeah. time in every single game. That's not going to be the case. But uh, just kind of getting a gloss on each of these positions, goalie would probably be the, the easiest, maybe a good place to start. Easiest in the sense that there's only three of them. Uh, Jackson Caster, who we're very familiar with um, coming back. Uh, Dominic Bassey. We talked a lot about when he uh, announced his transfer from CC. And then James Gray coming in from the OJHL. We also talked about him maybe the what April or May podcast around there. Um, and unlike, I think when we mentioned when, when Gray uh, announced his commit, uh, this might be a rare occasion that, you know, three goalies get, get action this year. Uh, I don't see either three of these being solid number ones, certainly right out of the gate. I would expect the majority of the playing time, at least in October, let's say, to be mainly between Bassey and Caster. But I would not be surprised if, if Gray ends up getting a handful of starts as well. Um, and I think that we, maybe we've maybe we've disagreed on this. I. I see Bassey as being maybe the 60% starter, Caster 30%, Gray 10%. I think you have thought that Caster and Bassey are going to be more split, or maybe getting cast, you know, maybe it's just Caster getting more playing time. Um, I, I, feel, I feel like they're at the start of the season, they'll probably do a Friday Saturday rotation. And even. And I feel it's going to be two weeks before Caster is not the starter anymore, and we're going to go with Bassey a little and bit. And with more playing St. Tom, that's kind of my Thomas theory. right off the bat. You might see a James Gray period in there, depending on if the game gets a little out of hand, as it did last year. Um, so Gray might not have to wait too long until he gets a start. But so yeah, you got St. Thomas first weekend of the uh, of the year. Then he got a bye week, right? And then it's Wisconsin. So, and it's a road series at Wisconsin. Uh, and then you got Mankato coming up, Bemidji. I can see, especially how last year ended, Larson wants to know what his depth looks like. And yeah. he, he probably wants to, if, if Gray is going to be on the roster and if he's going to be getting a shot eventually, you'd think like Bemidji or... St. Thomas would be a, a good place to start. I just don't see a, you know, him starting a game against St. Thomas being at the first weekend of the year. I wouldn't, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a period of, if the game uh, is, is in control uh, later, in, 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 let's say, in that home game. But, yeah, I would say Bassey and Caster might flip-flop you know, for the first, you know, at least when we're opening the NCHC schedule in November. Maybe one, mm-hmm. you know, one gets a Friday, one gets a Saturday. And I, I would hope, and, and maybe I, I feel free to disagree. I would hope that someone takes the reins and becomes a, a main starter. Yes. Uh, you know, goaltending platoons can work, but uh, I just think it's more uh, comfortable just for the team, you know, the defense playing in front of them to have a solid number one in there. And. If it's Caster, if it's Bassey, even if it's Gray, I, I'd like someone to take charge and 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 grab hold of that position by you know the end of the first half of the year at the latest. 
but it yeah. and that's where the Huskies like biggest question mark uh, yeah. is. Um, you know, a- after seeing uh Caster towards the end of the year, after um, you know, Renick's illness and whatnot, it's you know, I like what you said about taking the reins and not one of them falling off, you know, because if you get to a situation where, yes, it is, you know, how I even foresee it, that it might be a, a situation where Bassie and Caster do split and then Caster falls off where you can't trust him anymore. That's kind of a, I would, maybe even the worst case scenario when it comes to it, because then you have, you know, Bassie who is, you know, not playing at, a very high level who is kind of the de facto starter. Um, you know, James Gray is kind of interesting because uh, he, I mean, his numbers in the, um, uh, where he played in the OJHL were fantastic, but obviously we you know, like, we don't know a lot that that's not like your right. BCHL, which is, you know, a little bit more well known to us, uh, us hockey, hockey fans. Uh, or college hockey fans, but you know, last season a one point nine six and a nine three one save percentage. That's that's some quality numbers right there. <laughs> so it's um it, it's going to be interesting to see how everything kind of kind of unfolds and what and um where everything kind of goes throughout uh throughout the rest of the season. So that's I mean obviously that's going to be a big question mark and the one where the Huskies kind of hinge on you know, whether or not uh, this season is going to be kind of boom or bust, I think is definitely going to hinge on that. I do think we do have a solid defensive core, uh, but that we're, it's not going to be the defensive core that's able to bail them in night, after, night in and night out. You're going to have to have these goaltenders step up. So season starts October 1st, Saturday at St. Thomas on the road. Who's in net? Bassey. Really? Yeah, Bassy transferred here, and I think that's who you go with right away. I I, I would. Yeah. That's where I. That's how I would go. Um. I I'm, I'm just wondering, like, if maybe it was, if it was a home game, like it's the, the whole like Caster's been here. He's like the quote unquote established veteran. I'm wondering if that is something that Larson falls back on. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it is Caster. I would hope it's Bassy, but it's a month of practice to lead up here, and perhaps you know. And it's not—it's not like the opening day pitcher. I'm, again, still in baseball mode here. Maybe the you know the opening game in hockey doesn't have the same amount of cachet as that. It's not like the huge uh, honor uh, to to be the opening day starter, for, for instance. Um, especially if it is going to be at least at the beginning, somewhat of a tandem situation. But I tend to agree with you. I just have a, a hunch maybe that Caster is going to be because of the comfortable, the amount of comfort that, and just familiarity that, that uh, Larson has. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets the nod. Maybe, or maybe it's you, you hold Jack, uh, Caster out for the home opener. Sometimes they'll do that in baseball too. So uh, I guess that's, uh, that's something that we'll... We'll have to uh, development that we'll have to uh, keep an eye on in the next 30 days. After the Quinnipiac game, I don't know if you'd want to hold Caster. I thought to I the was the guy series. that was way more <laughs> flaming uh, about Caster's performance. And, and you're like, no, it's, he's, 
he's a good goalie. Um, I yeah, I I, I would rather no 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 well, yeah we. I, I first maybe I, mean, I, maybe I guess I you can re- go back and maybe I thought it was the the Bassy uh, po- podcast that I was surprised at how much you thought Caster was going to play. Maybe I'm mis- misremembering. That could definitely be the case. But as you said, I do think it's going to be a big question mark. I, I feel better about the defense this year. Year older for guys like Meyer and um, you know I was not a big fan of Donahue as as was made uh, ev- uh abundantly clear on this podcast and losing him i thought it was kind of a addition by subtraction um I, I, another year for pert i think is is going to be very helpful um so i'm more confident about the defense maybe than i was last year uh, as a whole but i'm less certain about goaltending and and this is coming from someone who is hardly mm-hmm. a, a renac you know it's not like i had renac's poster uh, in my bedroom um so but it's the, uh, you know, Rennick, it, it's, it's a big transition just from the program. Rennick was your everyday starter talking about, you know, the guy for five years. And, um, or I guess that first year was a little bit, little bit of Jeff Smith involved. But ever mm-hmm. since that first year, it's been 90 to 95% of starts uh, for one guy. And so to tr- transition into that, into a more unsure, you know, competition even, um, that's... That's a new, that's a new thing in the Larson era for sure. So we'll uh, we'll be able to see how how he handles it, and and more importantly how the how the goalies perform. That's really ultimately what's going to come down to. So I mean, you can imagine like there was a scenario where James Gray is thrust into the action uh, sort of unexpectedly, and he grabs the reins, and we're talking about raising his n- number in the banners in twenty years. There is a small possibility of that. It's a zero, non-zero chance. Um, but uh, <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance? Oh uh, yes, but uh, well, uh, well, we'll 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 pump the brakes on on the uh, James Cray re- number if retirement. That, happened, party. that must meant that this year <laughs> ended very well, or at least his time here. So. We should all hope for the James Gray retirement <laughs> number retirement ceremony. Raise number one to the rafters, right? So, um, yeah. So switching up to the defense then, since we're talking about them, um, uh, you know, obviously Meyer, um, and then you know, you talked about uh, uh, another another year for Peart. Um, you know, we got Lucky yeah. uh, Trey Ball. Um, bushy uh bushy as as well so um some of the new uh the new faces uh first off the transfer of uh dylan anhorn uh your your seventh your seventh cousin right by something like that somewhere far far down the line um and uh you know, uh, uh, Mason Rainier's um, from Edina, uh, Cooper Wiley from Stillwater, are kind of round out uh, round out those uh, defensemen as well. Um, also, uh, Zemer. And Zemer yep. Forgot about Zemer. Um, Looking so. dapper in his uh, photo on the right, on isn't the he? He's got the uh, Holiday Inn drapes uh, suit rocking. I always like that look. But, 
Uh, so, uh, Rainier's, uh, played, uh, as the, uh, he was the captain at Waterloo, uh, last, uh, for the last, or last year, and then played at Waterloo for a couple of years. Only played in about 38 games, had 14 points. Um, you know, all we have, you know, in all honesty, all I have is numbers. I mean, I, I don't have scouting reports. I haven't seen these guys play. Um, and all of that can be really deceiving. I mean, you had you look at Johnny Brodzinski's numbers in in juniors, and they 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 don't look good. Um, and I even think I remember Mosco saying one time during his radio show that they just weren't using him correctly. Or and pretty much they brought him in even a year earlier than expected. It was like, this isn't how I want to use you at St. Cloud State, so we're going to bring you in now and. Um, so you never really know in that instance. Um, you know, can, can I take all these for a grain of salt? Uh, Cooper Wiley, um, uh, Waterloo, and uh, 27 points in 47 games. So it seems to be a little bit more um, of an offensive. Um, had a good uh, stint in Stillwater as well, um, where he, where he uh, led the ponies on the back end here to to some pretty good success. So, and I don't think um, we, I think all, yeah, the, all so the guys, I think he's the one guy that I don't think we ever mentioned yet. I don't think there's been any mention of Cooper Wiley on the podcast yet until now. Until now. And that's because I didn't think he right. was coming. Yeah. There was, I thought, I thought, I thought he was not, uh, I thought he was going to be an extra year, um, uh, of juniors. I don't know why I thought that. Um, but, uh, I, I just, I just did. So I, I, I never brought him up until maybe because I thought he was on the chopping block, so to speak, when Dylan Hanhorn got um, said he transferred in. So I thought, you know, that's kind of a crowded blue line with one, two, three. Yeah, there's, we mentioned nine guys. Nine here. players. Nine players. Nine. nine defensemen. Nine times. Nine times. Nine times. So I mean, it's maybe it's possible they do end up redshirting him. I mean, nine nine guys is 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 tough to get regular ice in. Most of these guys that we mentioned are are going to be regular contributors. Yeah, and but at the same time, um, we do have Larson with that extra player. He does like to have seven defensemen. Um, we don't often go with that an extra. So I mean, nine defensemen, seven of them playing, injuries bang up, not playing very well, maybe. Maybe that's just his MO going forward is that he likes to have that extra flexibility on defense. Um, or, you know, maybe that's just shy call as well. Kind of running that defense. So, but, um, yeah. So it'll be, uh, in- interesting to, uh, two Minnesota boys kind of coming in. We got a very Minnesota heavy defenseman core. Uh, Bushies yes. from thief river. Uh, Loki from Minnetonka, Meyer from Sartell, Peart from Grand Rapids, Rainiers, Reiners, heard it both ways, from Edina. I got to get that sight clip of James Roday saying I've heard it both ways. Add that in along with the Ferris Bueller one. So, um, uh, from Edina, uh, Wiley from Stillwater, and uh, Zemer. Trayball from from nearby um, Europe. Yeah, that was uh, that was one of the player announcement names on the uh, PA announcing gig. So you had to say uh, where they're from, and now I can't remember how Ooh, to boy. pronounce it. 
Yeah, that's it. Novestro Monestro Narova. Now I don't remember. Shoot. I mean, bro, I didn't get it. I didn't get the job anyway, so it, it, it doesn't matter. But. Yeah, that is that's that's the challenge. That's like that's like the 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 final Jeopardy question in the trivia game is being it, that's that's the uh, in the test of the or the trial for the PA announcer position. You can mm-hmm. uh, correctly pronounce this. You got the job. But yeah, I uh, I'm excited for the for these defensive pairings. Um, as far as like top defensive pairing, I, I know I mean lines and forward lines and and defensive pairings um, are rarely set in stone, especially with St. Cloud and and their recent history. But you know if we're going with the opening day, oh you know opening puck drop in in St. Thomas, uh, you know I I'm, I'm imagining Spencer Meyer. Uh, you know, was it Meyer, Meyer and Pert? Who are you going with to start the uh, start the season? Yeah, probably. And then you know, Bushy and Lukey. Um, probably on Pert, the second turn. Pert, um, gonna be developing Pier- into Pier- a, a power play, power play quarterback. Yes, I think so. Let, look, Lukey, you know, got some looks on that as well a little bit last year, but. Mm-hmm. Kind of excited to see what Pert, how Pert has stepped up. Did he get some? I'm sure we'll mention this when we talk about the World Juniors. But he was on that team, yep. the, the second go around. Did he get much uh, much playing time? And did you see him at all? Any, any reports? Uh, yeah, on, he got. On... He, yeah, he got some playing time. He had some very good plays, and he had some mind-numbingly bad plays, um, mm. which is kind of his mo. That's um, the Jack which... Pert experience. It, it seems. Like. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, and that's where, you know, him on the quarterback, if he is going to be on that PP one position as, you know, the quarterback in the play that you're going to run that risk um, of, you know, somebody else kind of going the other way, um, you know, because uh, Pierce has been prone to making that, uh, that uh, mistake at the blue line. So, you know, maybe pair him up with another defenseman. I, I don't subscribe to the theory that you need four forwards and a defenseman on the power play. I know that was very in vogue uh, for a while, uh, but I think if you've got offensive and puck moving defensemen like the Huskies have had over the years, I don't think you necessarily need another forward out there, but obviously I'm not, uh, I'm not out there on the bench. So, um, but I mean, if you have like, yeah, uh, Maybe even Puritan Lucky, you know, Lucky can, you know, still have some offensive flashes, but is a little bit more sound defensively, in my opinion. I don't. I think that's still kind of a, a dangerous, you know, uh, on the back end for for a power play. But it's yeah, uh, that, you know, judging by how the defensive core looks, I, I like how they look. I just. I'm a little bit worried about um, kind of just their physical nature, and hopefully Dylan Anhorn kind of brings that. I don't, you know, obviously never seen him play, uh, but I mean he's he's not, you know, the big, you know, he's six foot, but you know, only one eighty three is what he's listed at. So yeah, he might be the It'll, he might be the most intriguing player here. I mean, twenty points last year for Union, mm-hmm. Union not very good, but. You know, wondering if he's going to get any any power play looks. I'm trying to find out if he had how many of those points uh, were on the on the power play. Just one power play goal. I don't I don't know how many assists he had, but 
he's really an X factor. I am expecting him to get, you know, regular playing time. They brought him in to play and he's got experience at the D one level and decent experience. Um, uh, albeit in a, you know, a league that struggled, um, last year, but, um, he's yeah by by not having any eye tests or you know actual watching him in game action tough to know exactly what we have here uh and yep. he might be more that offensive minded guy that could flourish uh, you know given a power play um, opportunity here and there you know as far as the uh size and grit you know bushy might kind of uh he he sort of has kind of developed into the you know goony kind of guy i mean i'm not saying he, he's he's a goon and he's not uh, without any talent but he's no jeff he finger like, he's is no what f- you're trying to say uh <laughs> no we there is not very few people uh few players <laughs> ha- have have the finger uh quality to them um but uh uh, <laughs> uh but um you know he can throw the body around he doesn't he doesn't uh uh, shy away from that. He's kind of getting a, a little too reckless, I thought, towards the end of last year. But uh, this isn't going to be a team that is is just going to be pushed around. Uh, they, they got a little grid on the back end, and and hoping that yeah, maybe maybe one of these newcomers, either Anor or, or or some of these freshmen, can uh, can step up in that regard. Because yeah, Pert, uh, Lutke, um, even Meyer, not especially physical. Uh, players uh, per se. So need to get some of that grit and that, um, you know, the, if it's the grease pan uh, that describes the grit on the offensive side, I don't know what the defensive uh, equivalent would be, but that that's a big part of the game. And uh, let's, let's hope that uh, that's brought uh, by, uh, by some of these players. Trey ball too. I think Trey ball is a guy that sort of skates under the radar a lot of the time. And, I mean, he he can he can sh- throw or show flashes of of really good play, uh, and and he's rarely yeah. a guy that that you look at, and he's he's not a Donahue type where you kind of know when he uh, craps the bed, uh, and there's rarely a time where I'm swearing his name in vain uh, into the night sky. Uh, it's like st- twice a period with Donahue. <laughs> How Donahue uh, but, got power play time is beyond me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like we, condi- uh, condition of him coming in, I guess. I suppose. But, in theory, uh, I, I obviously don't take that as serious. Yeah. So, but like I said, I'm I'm excited for this defensive core. I think that they can, you know, step up from last year, uh, and. But at the same time, I mean, because of the goaltending situation being such a question mark, that kind of creates more of a responsibility for the defenseman. You know, yeah, exactly. You can cover up some some goaltending deficiencies with a real quality defense, not allowing forty shots a game to uh, to the goaltenders and and whatnot. You know, only allowing fifteen shots against Quinnipiac or, or whatever it was was a pretty good game plan, as it turned out. You just needed to save a couple of those 15 shots yeah. as it turned out. So, uh, yeah. And you didn't. You, you didn't. Uh, you did not do that. Um, 
but we're not holding that against them. This is a new team. You know, we're wiping it's slate clean. New year. Yeah, wiping exactly. slate clean with 80% of the same players. Um, but <laughs> it's wiping it clean and and we all we're going from it's 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 ground zero again. So let's hope that uh that they can step up or another way that you can lessen the amount of shots that goaltender see is have your offense carry the way and, and puck control and good offensive uh push and so maybe we should transition to talking about the uh the forwards uh, a, a, a plus transition how about that how about that segment so yeah you thought um, i was going into the ad read but you gotta yeah. wait a little bit longer for that no, yeah exactly uh forwards uh some of the newcomers obviously uh grant deshaun uh very very well known at last name here in this area um ethan alcoin uh that uh came from the ajhl i think um that's right you know uh a point per game player in the ajhl uh so we'll see uh kind of what uh Ethan's able to do. If I already guess, Ethan Alcoin sounds like he'd be a he'd be a good net front presence guy. So that's just by the name. That's that's what I'm going to go with. That's going to be my analysis. So and that's that's the kind of analysis you you get at this <laughs> show. Right, exactly. Um, uh, we have uh, Jack Rogers uh, from from New York. We don't get a lot of. Uh, recruits out from New York, unless they're Bobby Gepford, really, I, I guess is the only New York uh, person I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, but he was, you know, a point-per-game player in the MJHL, um, where he had 67 points in uh, 54 games. So, you know, we're we're getting a lot of players who can, you know, rack up some points, but, you know, there is that uh, uh, little... Um, asterisks, I should say, that, you know, we don't really know about these leagues at all. And obviously, you know, kind of the crown jewel of this class, um, you know, coming with the most hype is Adam Ingram. Uh, played for Youngstown, uh, was drafted uh, by the Nashville Predators uh, in the third round. And, um, you know, had a tremendous, you know, kind of second half of the of the year in the USHL for Youngstown um, end up scoring 55 points in 54 games point per game in the USHL. That's nothing to nothing to, you know, shake a stick at or whatever that's called. So it's, um, yeah, it, you know, that's, that's going to be kind of the one we're all going to be kind of looking at. He does play center and that's obviously kind of my biggest question mark is down the middle um, is, is who's going to play, you know, losing a Fitzgerald type down the middle. Uh, that's going to be tough skates to fill. Um, you know, I would imagine we're going to move uh, Crookshank, who transferred um, as well, um, transferred from uh, Minnesota by way of Colorado College. Um, so he's been he's been a wanderer. Uh, but him, uh, you know, I would imagine he was going to be transferred back to center. Um, he played a little bit of wing as well. But, you know, it's it's going to be uh it's it, it's I, I don't know what to make of this you know i th- i think some of the freshmen i think are going to have to make up maybe a little bit for 
you know, if I were to say a little bit maybe of a weaker freshman class from last year, you know, I felt like we were very top heavy um, when it comes to our our, our scoring uh, from from last year, and you know, I, I didn't think we got you know a huge ton uh, from some of our freshmen last year. But uh, you know, just kind of what are your thoughts here? Um, you're you know, you're you saying that, that that this year is seems weaker of a class or last? No. Year? Last year, yeah, okay, yeah, that, that I so, agree, yeah, because I mean Ingram could be the game changer for this uh-huh. team, and I think Crookshank too, not a freshman, obviously, but a newcomer to the system. Uh, you know, Fitzgerald was a guy that wasn't seen as a huge point guy, and he blossomed into that last year. Um, I'm not sure if Crookshank's got a 30 point season in him, just based on the fact that he hasn't done that before. Um, but it's possible with the uh, depending on the role he gets. Um, and if he slides into the Fitzgerald type of role and he turns out to be a, a serviceable power play presence, I don't think that's completely insane to think that he, he could at least crack 20 points. Um, and then he, I, another X factor, not a newcomer, but uh, Mietnan, a guy that I think is kind of like almost forgotten, not maybe not forgotten about, but it's a totally different situation from last year where he was named a preseason uh, first team NCHC player. And his season last year kind of was a resounding thud of nothing really flashes here and there, you know, a two goal game here and then 10 games of a goal, a two goal game here. And then, you know, a month where you don't know, it didn't seem to hear his name at all. If he can sort of figure it out and become a consistent threat, uh, this could be a, a, a dangerous team on offense. Um, I, I've got to be convinced of that now. I mean, really, it's outside of the Omaha pod. Uh, and like I said, a couple of good games here and there, he's kind of sprinkled, you know, few and far between. Uh, he's, he's just, he's kind of been a disappointment so far. And so, but I still think he's got the talent and, um, and so, and I'm wondering too, what they do with the, the, the international line. Are they going to break those guys up? Cranola and Okabe again, coming back. Um, at times that line showed good cohesiveness and good chemistry. And I still, I think all three of them are, are good players. Um, but that might be in the next month, sort of one of the things that, we find out about this team is, is, is chemistry better with, with some of these newer players, you know, especially where does Crookshank line up? Is Ingram going to be a center? Um, these kind of things are going to be uh, some of the more interesting positional battles that are going to develop over the next month. I'm excited. As you said, it's, you know, we had guys like Solquist last year may have been the, the best of the freshmen and, and he was a serviceable guy, but not someone that you, you looked at as far as, to be a potential game changer. I think you do have that potential in, in Ingram. Uh, and to him alone, I think, makes this uh, freshman class uh, intriguing. And like I mentioned, uh, Rosborough earlier, I mean, he's a guy that redshirted last year, but I mean, he's a 6'3 guy uh, and he can play center. And so it's like, if this guy, if he can develop, that would be a plus for this team. I think there's the depth here, you know, We've already waxed poetic about Mike Miller earlier in the show. Um, 
can't forget about him. I mean, now he's 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 the guy that maybe a step up into that 30-point plateau this year uh, in his last year at St. At St. Cloud. So I, you're, you're, you've missed some scoring from last year with guys like Fitzgerald leaving. Um, but I really do think that there's the potential not just to meet those that missed offense, but to exceed it. Uh, and so I'm of the three groups, which, uh, which group are you? I mean, I think we're agreed that the goaltending is, is the most questionable at this point of the defense and the forwards, you know, where are you more confident you know, or, or which unit do you think is, is more dependable at, at this point? Uh, that's, that's tough. I would, I would probably say defenseman. Um, I just, I just don't know who, who's going to step up in the scoring and, and someone needs to, whether it is, you know, Mietnan or if it's, you know, maybe a Crookshank does have, you know, a 20, 25 point season in him, um, you know, Colorado college, he didn't have a lot with him, uh, during those years. And he was able to put up 17, 18 points there. Um, a little bit of a step back, uh, playing in, in Minnesota, didn't get a lot of didn't get a lot of playing time. I think also um, kind of towards uh, towards the end with um, with Lotsko, there probably was some dynamic issues right there. But um, it's you know you know looking at you know some of these that I think are going to have to make that that next step. And you know you're talking about Salquist and you know Molinar. You know those those. I, I mean we got to see a little bit more out of them, and I'm just a little bit worried. Uh, about this forward that we're not going to have the depth to score enough, and I don't know if we're going to have the goaltending that's going to be enough as well. So, I mean, maybe I'm showing my hand a little bit on where I think the season's going to go, uh, but you know, we can save that to our season preview uh, podcast. You know, when we're going maybe to a little bit more, but. Um, I mean, just looking at this team, it's, again, you know, I, I don't see a game breaker and I don't see someone we can kind of lean on for that extra gear, or that extra, you know, clutch goal when we need it. And, you know, maybe Micah Miller can be that guy. Maybe um, uh, Cranola and can get it together. And, you know, who knows if one of these freshmen can step up and do it. But you know, I mean, if we're if we're throwing out Spalacy, Solquist, and Molinar with three minutes left to go in the third, and we're down by one, that's that that's not going to have a lot of confidence for me. Yeah, uh, yeah. There, there's a lot of potential, but potential doesn't mean that it comes to fruition. Um, I, I I tend to agree. Uh, with that, I mean, but but last year, I I you had mentioned in the beginning of the year you didn't see a game breaker, and I don't think that we got one. But St. Cloud still made the tournament, and I think you can still have success in that mold. And I guess it is tricky to pin so many hopes on freshmen. Yes, but I am, uh, and you can't say that the season's gonna hinge on Adam Ingram. But mm-hmm. I don't see I don't I I'll, I'll put it this way. I think it's more likely 
than the James Gray gets his number retired that Adam Ingram leads this team in scoring this year. How about that? It's, 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 better, it's better odds than one in a million, is what I'm saying. Yes. Um, <laughs> gotcha. I, I, I but, can see that. But, yeah, and I, I still, maybe, maybe you're done with Mietnan, um, and I wouldn't blame you for that, but maybe I just have a dumb hope that he can get it together and Cranle it, too. And um, I'm, not, I, I'm not done with him by any means, because sophomore slumps are a thing. You know, a lot of people kind of go through that where you're no longer flying under that radar, you know, where, you know, you do now have a target on your back of, Hey, this is somebody we need to shut down. And that extra attention, you don't know really how to play through it and you struggle for a little bit more. It clicks for a couple of games and then it kind of fades away again. That happens. So it's, I, I do feel he has the skills to turn it around this year. Um, but the thing is, I think we're really going to need him to. So it's, you know, God, usually I'm so optimistic at the start of the season, but maybe I just think this team at right now has a little bit too many question marks. And I think this is kind of a pivotal time, pivotal, pivotal, you know what I mean? Time for, um, uh, for Brett Larson and his tenure here uh, to see which direction this is going to go. Cause I mean, he's, Almost all on his own now. <laughs> right. So, so with a majority of his um, uh, recruiting classes. So, yeah, I, I guess as a, I mean, I'm born pessimist. Uh, that's sort of my nature. I, I don't know if I would call myself like a, you know, bullish on this team. I would, I mean, spoiler alert for our, our podcast or our, our preview episode, but. I'm not picking the Huskies to be first, second, or third. I'll put it that way. Um, but I, I see, I see, I could see this season sort of playing out similarly to what it was last year. And last year it had a lot of ups and it had a lot of downs. But added it all up, you, you had a seat at the tournament, which I think is is that's what you shoot for. Um, I don't think St. Cloud right now. Well, we're coming off of a national title game. <laughs> and I, I thought I mentioned that last year about how I thought that was not a good barometer to set success for that season. Because if that's yeah, your that's barometer, true. then anything less than a national title is failure, which I think is stupid, and especially when you've salt in the factor of how random the 2020 or 2021 season was and how the tournament played out and all that stuff um so i i don't really put that as as the as the uh you know way to judge how the team went last year um at the end of the day you made the tournament you should have won the first round game and you would have had a good chance i think uh against michigan and so that's really all i'm looking for i mean make the tournament that's that's what I think is I don't think we're in a we're not in a North Dakota situation or Denver where it's like anything less than you, you got to we're not Yankees you know fans here where it's like if you we're not just here to make the tournament I don't think St. Cloud has really earned the right to be you know disappointed with a one and done in a tournament situation even though we've had plenty of those and, and I'm I'm all for raising the bar of expectations but just 
this isn't the number one overall seed teams. Yeah. But I think this is, you know, best case scenario, this is a two seed, something like that. And so I, I, all I'm saying is I think that's definitely a possibility. It's also a possibility that they finish seventh. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if the goaltending just isn't there, uh, the bottom could really fall out. But I, have, I guess I have more confidence that this coaching staff can avoid sort of the bottom falling out, at least keep this team competitive. And, you know, it's hockey. You're going to be in enough games where I, I think you're going to be able to be competitive. So I'm not ready to, to predict that the Huskies are going to make the tournament, maybe for the next show when we do the full season preview. I'll yep. be able to stake my claim on that. But um, I certainly think this is a competitive team, and I think it's going to be a fun team to watch. Um, but, yeah, there are some glaring question marks. Uh, that It's going to make it interesting. I, I'm looking forward to the season. The more that we're talking about it, I'm getting outside of baseball mentality. I'm, I'm looking forward to the season. And uh, yep. kind of just and, going over and- the rosters is fun to prepare myself for that. And it's something where also we have to realize that this season is probably going to have a lot more ups and downs. Um, At least I am preparing myself for that. Whereas if, you know, I think some of our, you know, obviously I love you Husky diehard Husky hockey fans, but some of them may get a little bit too comfortable on the success and expect greatness every time, every shift and anything less than that is garbage. Um, so it's just know that that's, you know, we're, it's going to be kind of a roller coaster season as far as I see it. Um, cause with all the question marks we have and I'm, I'm looking forward to it, um, mm-hmm. as, as the summer winds down. So, um, you know, talking about coaching staffs, so we can pivot quickly, um, over to the women's side, um, as, uh, the former assistant coach, uh, Molly Ingstrom, uh, got the, head coaching job at Maine uh, for the Maine's women team. They had a Maine had, I believe a husband wife duo at the helm for many years Um, finished. uh, I think it was like 15, 19 and one or something like that. Um, So a little bit less than 500. Um, But, you know, she was the assistant coach. Uh, Molly was the assistant coach here at St. Cloud state and uh, was in the mix for being the head coach. Um, uh, and, uh, she lost out on that job and, uh, but ended up getting the main job. And I am, it's going to be interesting to see kind of the success of those two teams over the next, um, you know, five years or so, um, you know, kind of see if, uh, you know, basically if we made the right decision or if this is going to be a, you know, a, a Tom Lynn, uh, uh, a Bilicek, oh no, Billick. Uh, you know, a situation where Denny Green's assistants goes on and wins Super Bowls, Dungey, uh, you know, whereas Denny Green obviously didn't. So um, I think Maine uh, probably has a little bit better of a uh, foundation as of right now. Um, but not at as, the same not time, not as tough of a conference either. Not as tough I mean. as, a, yeah. And that's the other thing is that, you know, we're, we're playing the top competition, whereas, uh, hockey East is a little bit more uh, top heavy the, with like, and not even like, the best Eastern League. I mean, yeah, ECAC exactly. has been better in the last few years. So, uh, yeah. So, but it's going to be interesting. 
and how how that's going to play out. But we wish Molly the best of luck. Um, yes, you know, because she's obviously listening to this podcast now. So, um, but um, she, you know, uh, I believe the women's team. I believe they start a week earlier. It's usually the case. Um, let's double check here. Um, they have a exhibition game on the 25th of September and then the 30th, um, uh, their season opens up against RPI. At home. And I believe they swept RPI last year out in RPI. I think I watched one of those games. So, yeah, but after the cheese. Looking at the schedule now, see, you start out with RPI, you could probably win those games, but then check out their their run uh, of their schedule after that. At Ohio State, defending champion, Ohio State, home against Wisconsin, and then a home-and-home with the Gophers. That's a gauntlet. That's incredibly tough. Brian um, Adolski will, will know very quickly uh, what he got into. And what his team is uh, is right off the bat, you know, before October ends. So yeah, uh, yeah. yeah wish him Ohio the best State. Of luck that. I, I I don't know what happened at Ohio State and how they were able to turn that around because Ohio State for a long time in women's hockey was just garbage. Should give the Huskies Man. some some hope because they were oh, yeah, doormat. I I felt that way about University of North Dakota. They were really bad until, you know, I, I guess until, you know, Brian kind of came along and right. scooped that program up. And I think that's kind of um, Ohio State's plan was they hired, um, can't remember, is it Natalie? Can't remember what her name is, but their, their coach is relatively, she's only been there for a few years and she's, I mean, you look, just look at the records. It's been kind of the, uh, the turnaround was pinpointed at when she got there uh and so yeah it's you know coaches at the college level and especially in college hockey coaches uh make so much of a difference and it's not to say that the coaches that st cloud has had in the past have been terrible it's not been their fault there like i said there's, there's a lot of variables in uh in women's d1 right now that um even the best coach uh, has their hands full uh, in certain situations, but yeah, it, it can just take that one coach to turn things around. And once you become that sort of winner, uh, you can kind of snowball uh, that success and, and build on that. So, yeah, looking at those those programs, um, that that can give Saint Cloud that you know the, the hope that they can hang with them. But like I said, yeah, we'll find out pretty quickly here as they as they you know barrel into the season some tough competition see if they can hang their head above water be competitive yeah and that and that's you know it's just so tough to recruit um you know you're recruiting against wisconsin you're recruiting against minnesota um you know if you you look at where women's hockey is now it you know in in terms of where the men's program was you know kind of in the you know, early mid nineties where you have your blue bloods and that's where all your power was kind of concentrated. Um, so I think you're just kind of up to that cusp and, you know, you widen the base, you widen the summit. So I think, you know, more funding and more, you know, exposure to women's games, you know, down at the, the smaller, the high school and, and whatnot, building these programs, 
you know, to, to get more of a, you know, more players, you know, kind of gravitating to, to, to some of these, you know, schools, I think it would be a good, good, you know, a great thing overall for the game, but St. Cloud needs to really focus on, you know, that recruiting aspect and, and, and trying to get, you know, we're able to get those, you know, you know, one or two standout players, but we just, we just don't have that depth to kind of get over that hump. So hopefully uh, this is a, you know, uh, like I said, we'll kind of compare, you know, over the next, um, you know, few years between Brian and Molly and kind of see where we're going with that. So I guess we also have to keep an eye on Eric Strand at uh, UW-Eau Claire because he was the third finalist for that job. Oh. And he's still there. He's he's still at Eau Claire. Um, so uh, we can compare that as well. Put that in, put that in the uh, in the standings kind of compare. In the standings, I'll, I'll put that as well. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to come up with an exchange rate. Be sure, for, yeah, no, be sure um, to keep your eyes glued on, on Blue Gold's hockey, uh, women's hockey yes. this year. Um, you know, exciting news at the uh, at the Herb Brooks National Hockey Center with the scoreboard uh, from my sources telling me up and running. Um, that it's big, so that's good. I haven't seen pictures of it yet. Uh, sound system going in. Very excited about that. Um. New play-by-play announcer. That wasn't me, and I cried, but I'm over it. I'll be okay. PA, PA announcer. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, PA announcer. Jim Rich still has that, uh, the play-by-play yeah, role. Yes, exactly. The, uh, However, the color commentary. Yes, yes. Uh, I wanted, I, Gina, first, I, I wanted to mention oh. that the scoreboard. It's going to be one of those like center ice, like dangling scoreboards. Is that right? Or are we talking um, like the, the ends of the rink? They're going to be the ends of the rink, but there's, uh, from what I gather, they are updating the, in front of the score, like the, the old ones that they have, they're going to be updating that as well. So it's just the, the end ones. There's not going to be I like, believe like one of those so. I don't think it's, ones. yeah, I don't think it's going to be the dangling center ace ones. Cause I think the rafters kind of get in the way. Yeah. Of the well, they do the have one, they do have a small one up there. So I'm wondering if they're maybe going to swap that out for something else. Um, you can I see think that those like ones. In, you can see that like in the background yeah. in the TV broadcasts. Like you'll, they'll see like the, you know, home and it's just like home away in the time. It's just but you'll be yep. able to. see I think them in the they're background. updating those as well. Yeah, yeah, and the sound system is. We'll find out. That should be a big a big plus, or maybe yeah, maybe exactly. not. Maybe it's like the the building is just doomed from an acoustic standpoint. You can't really yeah, do anything on it. But let's uh, you know we're, we're thinking positive uh, yep, at least exactly. on the sound system. Uh, and then, yeah, Gino Parrish, uh, color commentator, uh, which I'm really looking forward to because, um, you know, I, I, I like color commentators that don't really take it too seriously, um, and really just pump up that entertainment value. Can't get much better entertainment value than, uh, Gino Parrish. <laughs> That's for sure. So it's, um, I've always enjoyed the games that he did color for. Yeah, I liked him. Um, I think we talked about, cause didn't he do like the, Duluth, one of the Duluth games last year, towards the end, I think he did a, a couple of games, maybe a game or two, towards the end of the year last year. Uh, I, I liked him. I've, I've just, I've never been a big fan of uh, Micheletti, um, so I'm glad that they, that they brought someone new in, and I like the fact that he, you know, Parrish is a, you know, he's a Husky. Um, he's a, yep, you know, exactly. Micheletti, even if Micheletti was good, I mean, at the end of the day. He's kind of a carpetbagger, gopher. He's kind of doing the job as a you know soldier for hire, and uh, so 
and he, yeah, he's, I don't hate him. I just don't really care for him. So I'm all for the change there. Um, and yeah, as far as, uh, I, when you're saying entertainment value, I would say Mark Parrish was like a, 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 a notch above Gino because Mark could, uh, he could really, he was, he was very uh, shameless in his uh, homerism yeah. and it was entertaining. Um, but I, I like, I like the move. And um, if he can also, if it'll be really great, if Gino can bring the rule book, to Jim Rich, at least the overtime, <laughs> the overtime situation, get that squared away uh, with with Jim, uh, and then we'll be good no. to go. No, just I ig- ignorance There's is bliss. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I like this. I I like that Jim Rich doesn't know overtime. Let's keep this. Uh, <laughs> let, let's keep this rolling here. I'm okay. Did, um, wasn't it like he? Did he think that it was like? Uh, it was, it was like there was no overtime point. It's like whatever whatever he thought overtime was, I'd probably prefer that that's <laughs> how we did it. But it just it, it wasn't correct is what the whole Well, yeah, was. and he kept like confusing it with like how it affects the pairwise and like the <laughs> shootouts and how it affects pairwise and and everything like that. And that's where, again, college hockey just shoots themselves in the foot and just just having dumb rules, but it's, right. So I don't necessarily even blame Jim. I mean, I blame him a little because <laughs> like you can only make that mistake so many times. Like somebody please tell him, right? Like I, rubes like me should not be <laughs> yelling at the TV for the guy to say the correct information, yeah. but these are just not quibbles, I suppose. Yep, exactly. Um, so, um, you know, shortly we'll talk a little bit about uh, World Juniors and Women's Worlds and and, and Pearson here, but um, let's let's get to the ad read here. Um, unless you want anything more Husky hockey uh, related, like I said, our one, season preview uh, will come small, up uh, in a little bit. So one one small addition, uh, they did make a or they did add an exhibition game on the schedule. Um, oh, interesting that's right. that I it's about that. in the middle of the season. So it's you know typically in the past when they've done an exhibition game. It's been, you know, before the season starts, um, but it's versus University of Manitoba. So they're doing a Canadian college again. Uh, I haven't done That's, one of those in a few years. Um, yeah. And December 30th, I believe, is the date. So decent timing for that. I mean, you're going to be off for a month or three weeks or so after, you know, for the Christmas break. You got the Gophers coming up uh, the first weekend in January. So this will be uh, Friday. Is it a Friday? Friday at one? Is this correct? I think you are right, because that's the 30th of December is a Friday. You know, and that's New Year's weekend, so maybe they're thinking that people are going to be off work anyway. It seemed weird to me. I thought that if you're going to do an exhibition game, you'd do it before the season starts. I'm not sure if you can do... I thought you could do that. You know, the whole October 1st is the start of the season. I thought that you could do an exhibition game before that and it wouldn't kind of, as long as it's an exhibition game, it wouldn't, you know, be you could that yeah. was allowed. Um but if you're gonna do I know, it in the middle of the I year, know some I rules changed in regard to exhibition games. Right. And, and I was that, surprised I think I it was, was like surprised. three or four different aspects of a change, like when they could have it, who they can have it, because they can have it against like normal colleges now, not just Canadian right. colleges, eh? So 
And but, I'm surprised you know, that I, they actually have a Canadian. They're doing the Canadian college thing because that was it seemed to be sort of that was like a talking point um, for a little bit there a few years ago because it seemed there was a couple of instances where the college, the Canadian college exhibition games would turn into brawls mm-hmm. uh, towards like the end of the games. You know, Canadian colleges are you know you're playing guys that are 24, 25, 26, 27 years old. And I always, I kind of thought that they, the usefulness of, of playing an exhibition against Canadian college was kind of by the wayside. And yeah, starting last year, it was made available that you could, any D1 college, you could do an exhibition game with. Um, and it, I thought it just would make more sense um, to play a, you know, just another college team as an exhibition game if you are going to have one. But you know, the maybe the playing the older kids from Canada, the you know, we'll toughen them up kind of thing. Maybe that's the uh, the mindset or the thought process on why you want to schedule yeah. one. Well, I yeah. like the timing of it too. I mean, it's two weeks after the Miami series, uh, three weeks. I'm sorry, after the Miami series, um, but then you know, uh, two weeks before or the one the week, week before, um, you know, Minnesota. Right. Um, yeah, that's where, good. You don't want to. Yeah, you don't want to have a, such a like a long break coming into the Gopher series. So I, yeah. I do like that aspect of it. Because I mean, that's going to be. I mean, you know, also with you know Wisconsin and the Minnesota. I mean, these are huge implication for comparisons for, um, for the Big Ten. So, I mean, the Wisconsin one obviously that's got to be wins um, on the road in Wisconsin. Um, against that team, <laughs> get some wins also against Minnesota, who you know should be near the top of the Big Ten. That's that's going to be that's going to be key for those comparisons. That is true, and uh, when we're talking about you know playing good teams and defense and just staying in in good game shape, um, you know it's 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 all about health. And it's about, you know, taking care of yourself. And that's, that's really important. And that sort of leads us into, you know, today's sponsor. Uh, and t- today's podcast is brought to you by Tamps.com. Tamps.com is the leader in online delivery for feminine hygiene products. Tamps.com has everything covered from tampons and pads to sponges and menstrual cups. Tamps.com has simply everything. But the real genius of Tamps.com is the many convenient options that customers uh, have. Y- you can order items directly uh, in our online marketplace where we guarantee two-day delivery or it's free, uh, or you can select the subscription that fits best for your needs. Our best-selling monthly subscription truly redefines what that time of the month means. Subscriptions can be canceled at any time with no penalty. There's truly no strings attached, except on our award-winning tampons, of course. By cutting out the middleman and selling directly to customers, we're able to cut out that pink tax and offer the best prices bar none. Listeners to the Huskies Hockey Podcast can get 20% off their first purchase when you visit Tamps.com and enter the promo code HUSKY. That's Tamps.com and enter the promo code H-U-S-K-Y. Tamps.com, delivering the best in feminine hygiene, period. Perfect. Thanks to our sponsor, Tamps.com, uh, for, uh, for that. Yes. And uh, so switching over to uh, 
international. Kind of want to touch on uh, women's worlds going on right now. Um, and group play just ended. Um, so, you know, probably by the time you hear this, you'll know a little bit more about it than that we will. But um, big, big group win by the uh, United States here, you know, kind of getting a little bit of easier path towards the medal round. You know, this tournament usually is Canada versus U.S. Um, and sometimes how it's how it's fared, I feel, in the past has been Canada or U.S. will kind of get the um, kind of get the game in the in the group play, but but uh, Canada kind of stick it out in the gold medal game and win. So, uh, but it was a nice five to two win uh, for for USA and um, Hillary Knight is closing in on the record for the uh, most world uh, championship points uh, by a player. Um, Haley Wickenizer has that right now uh, from Canada. So we're all on Hillary Knight watch right now. Um, You know, Hillary Knight played on that uh, Wisconsin, those Wisconsin teams that were, you know, just incredibly, incredibly good, Um, you know, back in, uh, back in that day. So, uh, that's going on right now, so it'll be uh, fun to watch those. If you have a chance, watch those games because those games, you know, anytime Canada and U.S. get together in women's hockey, it's oh, they they hate each other so much. It's it's wonderful to watch. Uh, yeah, well, and you can get that chance to, chance for some uh, revenge, as you said, for the Olympics um, from this year. Uh, and so, yeah. yeah, it looks like NHL Network, and they got hungry. U.S. has hungry in the quarters. Uh, that'll be on Thursday, which probably be already done by the time you listen to this. Depends on when we uh, release this. But yes, uh, I am looking forward to that uh, inevitable uh, final match uh, between those uh, between those two rivals. So, yeah, uh, hopefully uh, by the time you're listening to this, uh, there has actually been a, a, a U.S. win. Uh, um, not just the pool play, but for the the for the for the big one. Yep, exactly. So, uh, Peart wa- played for uh, the for the men's world junior team. Um, uh, I said a little bit earlier in the program, you know, he had he had some good playing time, messed up a couple times, had some really good plays. So it was kind of a mixed bag for him, but obviously still really good experience. Uh, but incredibly disappointing, you know. Um, USA comes out uh, just. A heck of a group play wins the group and then just gets upset, bounced. Single talking about, tournament. Yeah. Talking about the Olympics on the women's side, this is kind of like a replay of the Olympics from the men's side. As far as I mean, obviously different, bit of a different roster construction, but a lot of college players on that on the uh, Olympic team this year. But yeah, that Olympic team looked pretty good in pool play, and then crap the bed that first game in the medal round, and it's kind of the same exact. Scenario happened with the World Juniors this time around. Looked pretty, pretty good in the pool play, but was it Slo- uh, Czech Republic? I think is who uh, upset them uh, in the uh, in the medal round, if I'm not mistaken. But um, yeah, a, a disappointing result um, for the uh, for the World Juniors for the Americans. Yeah, it's. You know, it kind of it came as a surprise to me because I totally forgot that it got postponed <laughs> to to the uh, 
to the summer here. So by the time I kind of got back to it, I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Um, I want to, I want to check in on it and, you know, saw that, you know, uh, United States was kind of steamrolling through the group. Um, you know, we had five to one win, seven to one win, seven to nothing. And then even, but you know, tough game against Sweden, but one, three to two, Sweden's kind of a powerhouse. Um, but then, uh, yeah, Czech Republic and just, just didn't have it that game. Um, Canada, shocking, uh, ends up winning it. So, uh, end up winning it in overtime and kind of a crazy play. I don't know if you saw kind of the end of it. Sweden? Um, Did they beat Sweden? Finland. Was that the final? Or Finland? Okay. Sweden beat the Czech Republic uh, in the uh, third third place, the bronze. Uh, But yeah, it was, it was a heck of a, heck of a defensive play by Canada and Finland shot. It looks like they were going to score, but it was, the shaft of the defenseman's stick uh, was able to knock the puck out. And um, if you have a chance to look at that whole sequence between that and the game-winning goal was like kind of a minute of mix of emotions. So it's kind of a kind of a cool way to end the tournament. Um, but, uh, you know, I would imagine, I guess I'd, I don't know for sure, but I think they're going back to the regular schedule. So the next World Juniors is just going to be, again, over over the new year holiday yeah so. they've announced they've announced the coaching staff i know for that and i'm blanking on who was named the coach um it, it's it's a, it's a college coach i'm just blanking on who it was but but yeah it'll be kind of what the spanning of the new year you know, right around the time that st cloud will be playing that uh, exhibition game um late december early january is uh is when this one will be it's in europe this this time around um clearly not not as up on my world juniors as i once was but uh but yeah and this one was a weird one because you had the roster from last the original roster when they were going to play it and they did play i think the u.s played a game in the pool play when it was still what 2021 um but then and then it was postponed um so what and and most of the roster was the same, but the interesting part is you had guys. I think it was at Bordalo from Michigan. He, you know, ended the year with Michigan, but then got a cup of coffee in the NHL with San Jose. So you actually had pro players, you know, guys that will maybe start the year in the NHL playing in the World Juniors, which because it's always played during the season, during the regular NHL season, you just never see pro players participate current NHL players participate in the world juniors really. So it was kind of an interesting opportunity that because it's in August, uh, some of these players were able to, uh, you know, um, play in the world juniors, even though they weren't even on college teams um, or junior teams for that matter. So interesting scenario, but it looks like it's just going to be a one time, you know, COVID COVID based uh, scheduling change. And yeah, looks to be back on schedule. Uh, uh, as usual uh, for the uh, for the next uh, World Juniors, Rand Pecknold. Yes, okay. I think maybe Fershweiler was named as an assistant, the the Western yep, Michigan correct. coach. Western Michigan coach. Okay. So. Um, so no, yeah, no Larson. I mean, Larson was has been involved uh, in the past, not last year, but um, perhaps the year or two before. I think it was when Hastings was the head coach. 
I think uh, Larson was his assistant. Um, and, you know, that's an opportunity that I wouldn't be surprised if Larson sometime down the road gets that gig, uh, the head gig. Uh, but um, and we'll see if, uh, you know, St. Cloud player, I don't know if Pert is, he's too old now. I'm not sure. But uh, wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it's been kind of a streak here of, of years where St. Cloud has had a player or a coach um, participate in the world juniors. And I guess we'll see if that, if that continues, you know, Ingram's Canadian, so he can't obviously play for the Americans, but possible that he's, he's involved uh, if he, if he's having a good year. So see that we'll, we'll see if that uh, is the case, but, um, but yeah, that's the world juniors. Another disappointing uh, turnout for the, for the Americans. Yeah, that's kind of, kind of has been their MO. So, um, we, we finally, finally had an end to the uh, saga at Michigan, the Ann Arbor, um, I don't know. I feel like there should be a flashier name for this. Not as good as, uh, the people on only murders in the building to kind of come up <laughs> with a name just like that. So the, the Ann Arbor. I was thinking of another A, like yeah. atro- atrocity that may be too strong. Yeah, I don't think it is. <laughs> Wolverine, so. something with W with Wolverine. Uh, we can workshop it. Uh, er, maybe we'll... This is why you come for the quality content. So, um, yeah, uh, he's out. Um, they decide to, I don't know, not renew his contract that was expired for a good, you know, five months anyway. Maybe not five months, but, you know, I, I don't know what the term is. I'm going to say that he's fired but maybe that's not exactly correct. Um, and it, it was kind of the, well, like the writing was on the wall for so long. And, you know, that, that, you know, something was bound to happen, but there was so much secrecy kind of going on in the background and we kind of had drips of reports about like, well, the athletic directors on his side with the president and the board of regents are not on his side. And then you know, like when finally everything kind of came out, it, it, it was a situation where it was like, what is, what are we doing here with even leaving him on? Um, you know, some, some of the allegations were <laughs> incredibly bad. Um, and it's, the fact that it took him so long to get fired really hurt in my eyes, really hurt the, the reputation of Michigan more than already. I hated them. So it's, you know, they're kind of scrambling here uh, at, at, at the beginning of, or as the season kind of gets kicked up and needlessly, because he should have been fired months ago. So that's kind of, kind of my take on it, but I'm happy that saga has finally come to an end. Yeah, get some closure on that. Yeah, I Michigan and and their athletic director probably inserted themselves into the story more than was necessary. I mean, there's a there is a argument to be made that there was enough to fire him after last season, after 2021. Apparently, they knew about the COVID shenanigans at the regional, which to refresh people's memory. They were kind of a last minute uh, forced to forfeit 
they're they were supposed to play Duluth in Fargo, and it sounds like they brought guys along on the trip that were clearly uh, contagious uh, or at least testing positive. But then Pearson allegedly, or even maybe not allegedly, maybe proved to have coached these players to lie on their medical forms or whatnot. Uh, the testing that was done for every player. And that seems um, glaring enough. Um, and then to then uh, add on top of that, that's when the Strauss man allegations, where he was sort of mistreated goaltender for them, who getting back to the Olympics of this, and he was on the Olympic team for the Americans of this, this last year. Um, but he ended up leaving Michigan after last year was their starter. Uh, but then, left, I believe he played in Europe uh, last year, and that's kind of how he was brought aboard onto the Olympic team. He had a whole set of kind of Pearson, um, you know, either that he was you know, just you know, just terrible you know, coach or he mistreated him, whatnot. You had a volunteer uh, goaltender coach, Steve Shields, former NHLer. He you know, ends up quitting. Uh, and it seems like he had a, a, another host of of uh, critiques uh, with Pearson, problems with Pearson, how he was handling the situation. And this was all known, according to what has emerged, this was all known in the spring of 2021. But the fact that they allowed him to remain the coach for 2021-2022 season is surprising enough, but knowing that. But then to then wait as long as you did after they brought in a consulting firm to clarify everything, bring everything together, there was also allegations. I mean, Michigan, as a university, as as a athletic department, has been going has not had a great uh, couple of years. Have you know their trainer situated like some sexual assault allegations and a whole slew of of unsavory stuff uh, that's been they they uh, had boring. to settle they they settled for a lot of money um yeah with the victims of the, of that uh that uh, do- team doctor um which is a different team doctor than you know the larry nassar from michigan state yeah so something i mean knows, it's, something's going on with the michigan state schools uh, it's yeah it's, it's definitely a, a trend there that people need to kind of <laughs> Kind of take a little more seriously because um, you know, all all of you know everything that's happened. I mean, yeah. So it'd be bad on either of those points. It would have been kind of understandable that that Pearson would have been yeah. shown the door. I mean, this isn't this isn't. I mean, Michigan hockey is a big deal in the hockey community, but it's not like Michigan football, for instance, where the I'm not saying it's it's good to give cover to scandals like this, but you'd think it's, you know, it's at best their number three sport. Um, wouldn't they just want to distance themselves as quickly as possible and just wipe their, you know, wash their hands of Pearson just as quickly as possible. You'd have a lot of guys out the door who wants to take over that job. Anyway, it's not like you're going to be in any sort of, you know, scraping the barrel for candidates to take over that yeah. job. Um, and, even and not to mention, the the ethnic slur also you know calling you know uh a want to player an anti-semitic name like, <laughs> like like there's enough there for and, and they just sit on it 
and and and, and my whole that, thing it is, sounds like he was he was wanting to extend him yes uh, manual the the athletic director it just i i don't quite get it. if maybe if pearson was scotty bowman uh that's the other no. thing is like I can why are you protecting like, a mid-level coach? Yeah, I mean well, honestly, I mean, I'm not it, trying to say that Red Berenson like but if it was like the legend, you know, something like that, I could see t- trying to at least you know, throw it, you know, put it under the rug or whatnot, but you know, Pearson's had a good reputation in, in his career to this point, but it's not we're not talking about some legendary Coach, he was a very good assistant for 20 years. And yeah. then, you know, he he had a couple of decent years at Michigan. Nothing that was revolutionary uh, or, or earth-shattering. So well, he, And he, just, he was good at Michigan Tech when the WCHA was at its worst. And catapulted that into a, a, a job. And he... It's a weird coach to go to bat for. Um, and... It yeah, just, so I mean, it, if if they would have just had, if they would had to fire him based on either you know if they wanted to do it last year or this year, it would have been a, a scandal. But I think they just kind of decided to make it much worse than it could have been, exactly by dragging their feet and then even trying to extend the guy. Um, it seemed uh, just from a uh, crisis management uh, standpoint, not. Not a ch- not not going to be a chapter in the how to deal with problems at your athletic department book. Uh, yeah, this, this might be the 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 glaring example of what not to do. Um, but so they've now it's you know this was in the beginning of August when they finally decided to pull the plug on Pearson, and not the ideal time. As I mentioned, that's a that's one sexy job for Mm -hmm. a college head coach but by waiting till august not only did you sort of uh, avoid or or put your put yourself out of the running to get any of the sexiest possible candidates involved but because of the big blow up and the fact that they made it worse than it needed to be you kind of created a situation that not, not a lot of people really wanted to step in immediately and be sort of the face of this program in, 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 you know, it's, this is uh bomb ridden post-war London, 1945, essentially. Um, and so I thought they made a, a decent move by hiring this Brandon Narado as, as an interim, he's going to be the head coach for the entire year here. Um, but nothing guaranteed beyond that. Um, but a guy who was on Pearson's staff last year, but not before that. So he's just been the, the, a one-year assistant there and a former player under Berenson in the late 90s or maybe even early to or mid-2000s. Uh, yeah, he's like, he's like a year or two older than I am. So mid-2000s player for the Wolverines. Um, but he's a guy that isn't connected to the worst of, of uh, Pearson's misdoings. Uh, but at the same time, he's also not a... He's not expected to be the guy to, you know, lead this team into the next phase of their hockey program. That that hire will come next year. It might be him. This is basically a a one-year tryout for him. But if you're an outsider coming to the program, 
let's just say Nate Lehman. I'm not saying that, that that's going to happen or whatnot, but someone of that stature um, who comes in and takes over, you know, every, the, the main question in day one is going to be, you know, how are you going to change the culture? You know, what are you going to, and, and that's really maybe even more so than the game results themselves. That's what's going to be the most important aspect or job that that new coach is going to uh, need to do. And by hiring sort of the stopgap measure, this is sort of, you're going to take a year here to, to let the dust settle. And hopefully by next spring or summer, you'll have your, you know, this scandal will you know have dissipated and you'll be able to take your pick of the, the litter next year uh, and, and hire, hire a guy full time. But, yeah, just surprising on 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 how you can sort of bungle, you know, not just this, the, no, not Pearson himself, who's obviously got a lot uh, of blame, deservedly, uh, but just from the athletic de- uh, department standpoint, just kind of head scratching uh, on on why, how and and how it all played out. So, um, yeah, we'll see. I mean surprising in retrospect how well they did this year knowing what went on at the end of last year surprised that more guys didn't move you know didn't bolt i mean i I guess they were guys like power and johnson and veneers and those guys uh they were just hell-bent on that one that's let's do it this year yeah yeah it's surprising knowing what we know now that the team was as competitive as they were, uh, frankly. Um, but uh, how about this? I'll give you an over-under, uh, and I'll set the over-under at 1%. Does Mel Pearson ever coach anywhere ever again? Over. Oh, yeah. Oh, You'll 100%. Think, he- head coach? Yeah. Uh, maybe not head. Yeah, head. At, you're yeah. saying at the D1 level? At the D1 level, no. No. Okay. So okay. So you're thinking like high school coach or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe he'll. he'll I think it's go. very um. It's very um. But oh no, I know how terrible hockey culture is. <laughs> like they'll give extra. I'm not the. I'm not saying so much that, but would Pearson take a job coaching squirts or coaching high school? Mm. I, I mean, we'll I didn't. I didn't think Mike Babcock would, and he was the coach for a Canadian college. Guazdecki was a high school coach. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but these, I, I think these it's guys possible. weren't scandal ridden. I, I guess I don't know yeah, about Babcock, just... but certainly not Guazdecki. I mean, I hear no. So- didn't I hear something about Guazdecki that he's? I think is he still on that at that job with? Uh, um. With that uh, Denver school, the the high school, I think they won a state term. Maybe that's what maybe that's what I saw uh, or read about. I feel like I've heard Guazdecki's name in the news recently. But anyway, uh, yeah, that was uh, as you said, quite the story. And now we have the uh, the closure to that story. At least for now, who knows? Maybe there'll be more details emerge. Wouldn't be surprised. Exactly. Um. We had a couple of questions. Some of them we've actually already addressed. Um, uh, you know, who's going to score? Who's going to play goalie? Um, you know, I don't know if, 
you know, this is, you know, kind of the other thing. Uh, Dan Jacobson, uh, friend of the show, big uh, Duluth Bulldog fan. Um, congratulations. His wife is expecting uh, their first. So oh, wow. congratulations uh, to them. I didn't get a chance to tweet that to him, but I'll just say it on the podcast since I know he's going to be listening. So congratulations. Um, and he asks, uh, when are we getting a true upgraded Nintendo Switch model? Uh, spring 2023, along with Breath of the Wild 2. Uh, I'm going to say later than that. I don't think we're going to get a new Switch model probably until the end of 2023. And that's just because Nintendo is Nintendo, and it makes me sad. The uh, I should um, also say, he took me up, Dan Jacobs, took me up on my pizza recommendation from, oh. was it the last podcast or one of the last ones, the Spiral Pizza in Hastings. Yes. He says, two thumbs up, uh, he got the uh, Spiral Special and enjoyed it at the Spiral Brewery, which is downtown Hastings. So didn't think that anyone would have actually taken my recommendation, <laughs> but I'm glad to hear that Dan did. And uh, now you have two people that say that. Now you have uh, two people who say pizza that. And that... Hastings is the place to be. So. Was the brewery there when you were there or no? No, that's only open in the last few years. I've went there once. It's nice. It's, if, it's like every small town now, even when I was up in Wisconsin, you know, it, it seems like every small town now even has their tap room, their brewery. Uh, it's 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 nice. I, I'm not complaining, uh, but uh, it's a nice development. Yeah. But but yeah, it's a good time. Like I said to Dan, that downtown Hastings was a graveyard when I was growing up there. There was nothing, and it's it's like one of the oldest cities in Minnesota, um, right on the river there. Uh, but they just never have really figured out a way to to get some action down there. But in the last I don't know ten years. They have done quite a lot to um, get some people down there, some restaurants, that kind of good stuff. So it's uh, it's good to see. It's um, so yeah. Uh, thanks, Dan, for for taking me up on the suggestion. Awesome, awesome. So, well, uh, that about does it. Um, we're gonna have the uh, season. Um, you know, uh, preview podcast probably. You know, just. Uh, you know, mid to probably uh, in, in a couple of weeks here uh, for, for September. But uh, anything else that you want to mention here before we wrap up? And yeah, I think we've got it covered. I mean, we did mention that you were passed up for the PA announcer, and they did, uh, they did actually announce the, the, uh, the winning candidate of that gig. So he's, he's got... Uh, a little more qualified a than little, I am. A little but, more qualified. Um, but um, but he's he, never been on this podcast, and I have. He's not. So we might have to we might have to get him uh, uh, on the show. Who knows? Uh, but does, uh, does he woo, or is that strictly Chuck's? That's, yeah, that's uh, that, God. That's a that's a big question. Woo, this and, is yeah. woo gate. Woo gate right here. That sounds too much like like Doug Woog had like a Mel Pearson type Woog, scandal. That's what Woog, they would call it. Woog, Woogate. 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 That's, that's tough. That's kind of like saying the rule jure. The rule jure. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if, if you take... Yeah, you almost got to be... You got to have your own trademark. I don't, I don't know if you do the woo. People are expecting the woo. 
yeah it i could see it both but ways as far as I you can. you want to honor the legend or you don't want to copy the legend i could see both schools of thought there but uh i guess we'll have to uh, we'll find out uh, soon enough find out. i say don't woo until people start complaining then give them what they want there you go they'll 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 start booing because you're not wooing and then they're, he's wondering, why, why are they booing me? The Am I doing that bad of a job? Maybe then it yeah, takes a, kind of a psychological to toll. He's got to figure weird. some stuff out. We should get him on because we'll, we'll <laughs> kind of fill him in on, on well, the backstory. And the, hard, uh, the hard-hitting questions. That's right. That's right. So that's why you listen to us. That's right. Well, uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, until next time, go Huskies. Woo! We will woo. We will still woo. We're wooing. We're not stopping wooing. (laughs) Bye, everybody.